Well, thanks again to uh, Elder Boulder and Pastor to have me here again. Uh, I always enjoy ministering the Word of the Lord as the Spirit directs, where He directs, and just happy to be here this morning. Would you just stand for just a moment? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just sing through it all real quick here, because it's going to have a, an impact on what we're going to talk about this morning. Just to pick a key. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, can you say that this morning? Through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Now, is that the truth, really? Do you really depend on God's Word? Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, all the trials, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Wonderful. Thank you. May be seated. Lord, we thank you for this time we have to come together, knowing that through it all, we can depend on you. Through our trials and tribulations, through the good times and the bad, we can look up and say, my God has been there for me. Through it all. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your word this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love that tickling ivories over there. You're doing a wonderful job. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. Well, have you ever preached before, any of you? No? Well, Elder Boulder knows that you can get from here to here and have the Holy Spirit say, uh-uh. Ever had that happen to you, Pastor? You prepare a message. You got it down. You're ready to go. And the Holy Spirit says, "Uh Uh-uh. Not that one. I was going to talk about hope and change God's ways. And I may hit on a couple pieces of it, but that's not where the Holy Spirit's taking me this morning. He said said, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, since he's the one changing the sermon, you can blame him if you don't like it. Second, or First Thessalonians, chapter five, verse fourteen on. Actually, let's back up to twelve. I'm reading from the New King James. 
And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. To esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace amongst yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. And abstain from every form of evil. God bless the reading of His Word. Now let's just break this down a little bit. First of all, we're talking about the duties of a Christian. Unfortunately, today there's more hypocrites and religious spirits out there than there are Christians. The church is full of hypocrites. I'm one of them. Aren't you? How many of you are perfect? None. We're all hypocrites to some point in our life. We're all sinners saved by grace. If not for God's grace, (laughs) we'd have troubles, wouldn't we? We got enough troubles because of our own problems. Some that are caused by others, some that are caused by our own choices and our own decisions. Some of us are willing to admit and some of us are not. Some people would rather do this. It's their fault. You've all seen it, haven't you? In every walk of life, from children through politicians, it's their fault. If they would have, I could have. Well, this list here didn't mention anything about somebody else, other than what you're supposed to do towards someone else. So let's start this morning by saying, I am going to take responsibility. Let's say it. I am going to take responsibility for my thoughts, for my actions, for my consequences. There's a consequence to everything we do. Right? Now, sometimes they're not good consequences. Sometimes you can be on the right path in your in your heart. You know that you're following the Word of God to the best of your ability. You're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. You're following the Word of God. You're praying. You're reading the Bible. You're spreading the Gospel. And whammo! Consequences hit you between the eyes. Now, a lot of missionaries had consequences of spreading the gospel. It was death. Those are the kind of consequences we look forward to. But I'll tell you here and now, the more you spend your life walking in the Spirit, following the principles of the Word of God, the more you're going to upset the enemy. The enemy is not going to attack those he's not worried about. If he's not worried about you storming the kingdom with souls, four souls, he might just as well leave you alone. But if he gets a win that you're out to do something for God, he might turn up the heat. Look at Job. Was Job doing anything wrong? 
by Satan's own admission, he was a righteous man. But he said, God, Job is doing well because you have blessed him. Just wait you see I take his blessings away and see what happens. How many have ever lost a blessing? What did you do about it? Through it. Through it all, did you learn to trust in Jesus? Or through it all, did you say, Why me, Lord? I'd rather curl up and die than go through this again. We've all been there. We've all had these situations. We've all had times where hope was just so far off. It wasn't even a light at the end of the tunnel. It was a little pinprick like a star in the sky. But here we still sit this morning. God brought you through it. It may have been like going through a kidney stone experience, but you got through it. I always tell folks that are in trial when they ask me questions about it. I tell them, TTSP. This too shall pass. And then I follow it up with, it may pass like a gallstone, but it'll pass. Doesn't mean everything in your life in Christianity Christianity is going to be rosy. Listen, folks, whether you're a Christian or not, the economy is affecting you, right? The difference between a Christian, a true Christian, one that actually serves Christ and loves God and is striving to be like Him, is that we have a trump card. We have God's backing. God's got your back. He's got your back. He's got it every day, every hour, every night, every morning, every afternoon, through every experience that you have. He's got it covered. But a lot of times we forget. Remember the poem about footprints? How the person thought they were walking alone. When they looked back, they saw the one set of footprints, and then God said, No, 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 I was carrying you at that time. God carries us more than we give Him credit for. So let's break this down just a little bit here. We urge you, brothers, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. If you don't appreciate your pastors, you're in trouble. God's servants. And they're not in it for the glory. Not not true pastors. Not the first pastors that want to see after your well-being of your soul. They're in it just for that. They're in it to make sure that your soul receives manna from heaven. So that you can grow in Christian faith and live your life as unto the Lord. Pastors sacrifice. Pastors are under attack all the time. And unfortunately, there's plenty of pastors out there who don't foot the bill. There's plenty of them out there who are out there for the money and the fame. Oh, they may have started out right. But old man greed can affect everyone. Old man fame can affect everyone. Let me talk about that old man. The Bible says in Corinthians that all things are passed away. All things are created new. You're a new creature. So if you're a new creature... Why do you live in the old ways? Well, it's very simple. Say, for instance, you got saved when you're 30 years old. 
You had 30 years of old man training. When you got saved, your spirit, your life, your future was sealed for God. But you've still got this training of 30 years to overcome. Like a bad habit. The old man's been training you about greed, about lust, about all these different things that you didn't have a problem with for 30 years. Now all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's showing you there's change coming. But the old man's still been trained. The old man's dead. The Bible says so. But the training you received is what's going to take being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that is a daily battle, a daily struggle for every one of us. That's why the church is full of hypocrites, because every one of them, and I'm talking about hypocrites by the world standards, all the churches, you know, everybody in there are just, you know, everything I know about them, I know they're all hypocrites. Well, obviously people see the bad before they see the good. Especially if they want an excuse not to come to church, not to serve God. I have family members that were raised in godly homes, knew the scripture, memorized the scripture, went to the altar, filled with the Spirit. They decided to rebel. And then decide, the church is full of hypocrites, I'm not going there, I don't want religion shoved down my throat. I don't either. I don't want religion. I want a relationship. And that's the problem. The Christians, they're all sitting on the the mesh in the hospital, sitting there recuperating from gunshot wounds that they put in their own feet so that they don't have to go out on the front lines and win souls for the kingdom. That's hard words, I know. But think about it. How many of us shoot our own selves and our own efforts in the foot rather than go out there and do what we've been called to do? Now, we all are called to the ministry. Doesn't mean you're going to be up here at a pulpit. Could be in your ministry is ministering to those who are grieving, making a meatloaf. I call it the ministry of meatloaf. Some people have that ministry. It's a valid ministry, just as valid as playing the keyboard or preaching in the pulpit. Because God uses every one of us, fingers, toes, eyeballs, ears, everything. We all have our purpose in the kingdom of God. And we can all be a witness through those things. But, this scripture says, recognize those who labor among you. We are to recognize each other for those efforts. Here's where the but comes in. It didn't say anything about make sure you toot your horn and show everybody what you're doing for the Lord so they can recognize you. Because that would be pride. And I know many folks that go to church and want to tell everybody how they're giving food away, how they're giving money away, how they're doing this for God. I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for God. You've all met them, haven't you? We're supposed to be humble. 
Walk humbly, lest yourself will fall. Pride does come before the fall. To be recognized is not a sin. To have your efforts recognized is important because everyone needs a pat on the back sometimes. We all need encouragement. This is why we're supposed to encourage each other in the holy faith. But we shouldn't be puffed up and get all about our own good works. Because at that point you're building a nice pile of hay, wood, and stubble instead of jewels. And it's going to go flash in the pan when God sets the torch to it. So I admonish you, encourage your leaders. Encourage your leaders. Quickly now. Skipping down to what our personal duties are. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. That's the one I want to spend the rest of my time on this morning. It doesn't say for everything give thanks. Read it Read it closely. It says in everything give thanks. I don't thank God for a lot of things that go on. But I'm commanded through the scripture to thank Him through it and in it. You can be in the worst trial, either physically, emotionally, physically, spiritually, socially, all the different ways of your life. But you are still to look up and say, I thank you, Lord, because you're going to get me through it. I thank you, Lord, because I'm going to learn something that I can use to win souls for God through this experience. I don't know how it's going to happen. And you don't have to worry about the result. That's the glory of trials. When you're going through the trial, through the valley of the shadow of death, you can know one thing. The result is God's problem. It's God's concern. You don't have to worry about the end result. You just have to worry about being obedient to the scripture. So start by rejoicing in everything. Rejoice in that speeding ticket. It should teach you don't speed. It also teach your wallet a thing or two. Rejoice that you had to take the day off because you had the flu. The Bible doesn't say anything except that. And now also make sure you murmur and complain to God about all these terrible things that are going on to you. Why me? You're not doing it to nobody else. Why am I having this problem? If you ever get in the mully grubs like that, read the book of Job. Then read it again. Read about how his friends said, you know what, just forget it. You know, some of your closest friends and allies are going to be the ones to discourage you the most from your dreams, from your faith. A lot of times our worst attacks are from within the gates. Christians are the only army that shoot their own wounded. Let's not be that way. Let's not shoot our own wounded. Let's encourage them. Lift them up. If you see someone in a trial, encourage them. Encourage your leaders. Encourage your pastors, your teachers. Encourage each other. God's going to do something good for you. He's got a plan for you that you are going to succeed. His plans are for good and not evil. So when you go through these things that appear to be heading towards evil, you say, no, I am going to thank God. Because He is in charge of the end result, and I'm going to expect and have faith that I 
can't see what's going to happen, but I know God is going to take care of it. So I'm going to sit here and go through this thing, as hard as it is, as devastating emotionally and physically as it may be, and I'm going to say, God is going to take me through this, and I'm going to be the better for it at the end, because I trust God and He knows best. That's a hard thing to do sometimes, especially in the midst of the mully grubs. We've all got mully grubs. We just have to remember to stop looking inward and start looking upward. Because if we look inward, we're not keeping our eyes on the Master. We're going to do like Peter. We're going to sink in the water because we're looking at our circumstances instead of the Master's hand that's going to walk us across the water. Don't sink in the pit, in the sea of circumstances. Look up. Lord, save me. And be saved. Again and again and again by the Master who wants to cover you with His blood. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows through the lowest valley. The blood will never lose its power. And you're covered in it if you have accepted Christ as your Savior. You're covered under the blood. Your sins are under the blood. Your life is under the blood. Reach out and touch the Lord. And He will get you through it. He will make sure that you're all the better for it. And it doesn't matter what people say around you. It doesn't matter. Ignore it. Pray for them. But it says right after that, don't repay evil for evil. Read those scriptures again. Your daily Christian duties are listed there. Revenge is not for you. Pray for them. Thank God in the trial. There's nothing that you can't overcome. 1 Corinthians 10.13 That God can't get you through if you let Him. A lot of us don't let Him. you got to let it. Would you stand this morning? I know that was a a quick one. But I want to make sure that we've got time to to pray this morning for those who want to be prayed for. Now, we get to be praying too long and you need to go to Sunday school, you head on out, we're not going to be offended at all. But we want to make sure that everyone gets a chance to be prayed for. And it's not that I am anything special. It's that God is special. Lord, I thank you that you will see us through because of the blood covering upon your cross. Father, happy Father's Day. God, you're the best. I'm a father of them all. Happy Father's Day. Forget my fatherness. <laughs> Thank you that you're my father. Thank you that you've covered me. That you gave your son for me. That you let him shed his blood on Calvary. That I might be able to say through it all, I can trust in him. 
we thank you. Lord, if there's anything unclean in our thoughts, in our bodies, in our minds this day, Lord, cleanse us through your blood right now so that we might be standing worthy before you to make petitions to you. Cleanse our hearts and our minds, Father. Help us to do better. Give us strength to combat the old man training so that we can live in the new life, being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Would you come? Anyone need any prayer this morning?